Welcome to the COSEC Show. Join the COSEC Qatari Securities team as they share their insights on the Australian share market, discussing some of their best performing companies, macroeconomic news from offshore, including local domestic news, foreign exchange, as well as commodities. If you have any questions regarding the share market, our phone lines are open. You can dial in on 1300 854 151 or alternatively, email info at cosec.com.au. Exclusively on this show, each guest will reveal their hottest stock pick. For more information on any of the topics discussed, go to cosec.com.au. The information featured in this program is general in nature and does not take into account your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. Guests appearing on the program may own or have commercial arrangements with some of the companies mentioned. Before making any investment insurance or financial planning decisions, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you. Good afternoon, investors. My name is Will Brownlee, and welcome to the COSEX Show, where we discuss all things relevant in the market this week. Macroeconomic data, currencies and commodities, top performance for the week that was, and of course, our hottest stock picks for the week to come. Before I go any further, as always, allow me to introduce my investment panel and resident experts on the market. To my left, the ever-wonderful Caroline Wong. In the centre, the ever-stoic Gabriel Ryan. And of course, our senior trader, Linson Cow. So... Welcome, ladies and gents. How's it been? A good week so far? Yep. Apart from today? <laughs> apart from today? A little bit of an up and down week? Depends which market we're looking at. It, depend, it yeah. depends which market <laughs> we're looking at. Very, very good. Let's jump straight into things because today was not a good day. Mm-hmm. We started off with slightly negative futures. We had about a, a maybe a half to three quarters of a percent drop on the, on the open with the futures. Then at about midday, we started to get bought up a little bit after dropping around one and a half percent. Finishing the day 0.8% down, mm-hmm. roughly. So we saw a little bit of buying support coming in. Thank. Very good. Finally, finally on yep. that on that front. <laughs> you know, we we finally saw some uh, finally saw some buying support through there. What are your take on that? What is your uh... so yeah, it's, it hasn't been a, the best week for the market. Now Australia actually relatively didn't do as badly. So we'll, I will get to that. We'll finish on the uh, the relative high. Mm-hmm. But the the sell off again. It just feels like we're saying the same thing in the investment meeting. Not because we're on repeat. It's the same narrative that's coming through the market, which is tech is being sold off being influenced by the bond yield. So again, just to reiterate for anyone who didn't get a chance to watch last week, as the bond yields are rising, that lowers valuations, it's going to affect growth stocks more simply because they're relying on their future cash flows for their valuations more than say a more steady utility or something that has just very steady, steady, stable cash flows. So that's why we've seen the bond uh, sell off and the US, the S&P 500 relatively has greater exposure to bonds, uh, sorry, to, mm-hmm. to tech. Um, however, is a little bit of a silver lining. So Aussie GDP figures came out this week. Maybe we can bring up the chart right now, but they were up 3.1% quarter on quarter. That was compared to 2.5% 
uh, for expectations. This is the first time since they started doing quarterly readings that we've had two consecutive quarters greater than 3%. Uh, so that's over 60 years. Now, wow. small caveat, um, as always, that we're we had a very big down candle. <laughs> in the, coming off a low, right? Yeah, <laughs> coming off quite a low before. Yeah. But obviously, yeah, we, we were hoping to see some sort of recovery. And we have seen that over the previous two quarters. So hopefully that momentum continues as well. And um, I will delve a little bit more into the, uh, the narrative behind that when I mention my opportunity. So interesting, tuned. interesting stuff. I think, uh, I think it was yourself, Gabe, who said that that was... Obviously, we did come off a bit uh, a low base because we did get a big sell off during COVID. But I think you were the one that says it was a little bit artificially depressed because, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like people chose to stop it. It's not like there wasn't a demand for a demand for shoes any further, or there wasn't a demand for things. It just it just meant that people couldn't operate because of COVID. Is that right? Yeah, well, I suppose in that sense, yeah, because a lot of businesses were forcibly shut down for you know lockdown reasons, as opposed to a general just decline in uh, you know consumer behaviour. So a little bit artificially suppressed in previous months, and now of course we've rebounded quite. I think we're someone said we're two percent lower than where we were pre-COVID. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, the full capacity. I can't remember exactly uh, how that was calculated. But that is the the more telling and I guess the more positive spin that you could put on it. But yeah, obviously, if we go to someone who's still relying on job seeker or businesses relying on job keeper, telling them, I guess what GDP was up three percent for a quarter, it's not going really to make any right? sense. Yeah. yeah, for the real person, it's not for the for the little guy. Exactly. It's not really so at at least we are. It's a positive trajectory, which is good. But we, I mean, to say that we are COVID's behind us would clearly not be correct. Yeah. So, Gabe, just going over to yourself, because I was, I know there was a big, big pull-off recently in not only our indices, but also in the ones over overseas in the US. Yeah. But earlier on in the week, we actually had the Dow doing quite well. Dow consistently making higher highs mm -hmm. and consistently hitting all-time highs. The NASDAQ, on the other hand, has been the lower performer. Is that reflective of what uh, Mr. Carlos demonstrated with the tech sell-off? Is that, is that uh, what I'm taking to believe from that? Well, look, you know, that would make a lot of sense. I mean, you know, the whole bond yield narrative seems to fit pretty well with the, uh, you know, uh, shift away from growth. I mean, if you look at the Nasdaq's performance last month, it's down around 7.6%. Bond yields in the US have been up around 42 basis points. So... Seems to me that that trend, uh, you know, would follow, and I would agree with Lindsay in that sense. Yeah. Someone told me that uh, the Nasdaq's negative for the year now. Is that correct? Yeah, actually, that sounds like it'll be right. Yeah. Just like us. <laughs> just like our Lindsay. Now you know what it's like. <laughs> Very good. If we go over to, uh, I want to just touch on what's causing this big. What is the main reasons for this big sell-off? What? Why are we having this here? Why are we having this in the US? Why is it being reflected here? Is there a particular catalyst, or is it? Just the bonds, or what's the reason behind that, Mr. Mr. Ryan? Well, I guess as uh, you know, if the bond yields are rising, that you know, would uh, it would follow that expectations for economic growth are up. As such, inflation would also be up, and potentially the uh, possibility that um, central banks will have to raise interest rates a little bit prematurely, as opposed to what we were initially anticipating around twenty twenty four, maybe a little bit earlier than that. And recently, uh, Jerome Powell's announced that he's concerned about inflation. Is that is that correct? I think he said he was not that concerned about inflation. Anybody got got any further thing on that? Because I thought that's what, what spooked the market. His exact like. words, I can't remember. But what the market did not like is the fact that he didn't push back harder on the higher bond yields. Okay. And so I think they were expecting that maybe he, the Fed would do something to, to somewhat lower those bond, bond yields. Yes. And because it didn't, or maybe they thought there was a greater than 0% chance. And now that he hasn't said it, it's not great. But actually just to, to segue... I didn't mean correct thing. Can you segue back into something? Mm -hmm. But um, so China's banking regulator also happened to mention, I think, in the middle of this week that uh, potentially there are some bubbles uh, 
performing in financial markets. He also cited uh, Chinese property being overheated and the market interpreted that as maybe China is directly or indirectly going to start tightening monetary conditions as well. And again, that is not great. I mean, it might be great for their economy if they start deleveraging, but it's not great for asset um, asset classes. Very good. Very good. Let's, uh, let's wander over to Caroline. Uh, we always leave you nice and quiet there, but I know you've uh, you've been looking quite closely at the trade balance. Is that mm -hmm. right? Uh, would you care to venture any thoughts on that? Yeah. So actually a lot of data coming out this week and trade balance was one of the top performers. Like Really good news that's happening this week. Um, so for starters, it's the 37th consecutive monthly trade surplus that we have experienced. So wow. that's more than, slightly more than three years. Mm. Um, if we jump straight into the chart, we can see that trade surplus shot up 3 billion in the month of January to a record 10.2 billion. It's quite massive. Um, so there are two sides of the story, exports and imports. Exports jumped to close to 40 billion. Specifically, iron ore actually jumped. Iron ore exports jumped 14% just between the month of um, December to January. But on the flip side, imports declined 2%. So softer consumer imports usually alludes to softer retail spending. But as we have seen this week as well, retail spending actually ticked up 0.5%. So we're in a good space. We have decreasing unemployment, rising consumer confidence, rising disposable income, all points towards sustained recovery. Everything's looking really good, except for the stock market, of yep. course. Mm -hmm. uh, ladies and gents, I know we've been, we don't, I mean, I suppose it is one of those big things that is very, very instrumental in the, in the economy and how everything kind of works, but it is something that's almost kind of a little bit redundant now. Obviously, it's the first week of the first Tuesday of the month, and we had the RBA decision. They have elected in the infinite wisdom to keep rates on hold. Okay, what are our thoughts on that? Mr. Ryan, any any thoughts on that? Well, I guess that would be pretty consistent with what they've said before, right? <laughs> and they've said they might be keeping their rates on hold until 2024. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah, it's very hard yeah. to forecast that far ahead, but it does feel like a long time to be, I mean, they didn't use the word guarantee, but to, to guarantee that rates are going to stay this low for three years, it's quite a long that's a long it, it wouldn't surprise me way. if it did if it did rise before then i guess maybe that's what the market is also thinking not just with the rba but around the world that they might start raising before they think or they might start tapering their quantitative easing before they've stated so obviously one of their big the, the old reasons having these interest rates at, at record lows is because it takes people away from having money in their bank or in their cash accounts and actually going out and spending it mm. in our case people have got surplus money they also go out excuse me and they also go out and invest it mm. And you're, what you're saying is maybe people have been investing in shares, but now they might be cycling over to bonds. Is that sort of the, the narrative that we would say? I mean, that may not be incorrect. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to think of how... Uh, the way I just think of it is if, if money is cheap, then money flows more freely. So okay. it isn't just... I mean, yes, it is true that you can have... I mean, obviously, if bank accounts were yielding like 6%, more people would be... Uh, comfortable mm -hmm. having a greater portion of their portfolio in cash. But uh, it's simply that you can lend, like you can, banks can borrow mm -hmm. and therefore they can theoretically lend out at cheaper rates. Okay. So people can invest more. And uh, like, when I say people, I mean companies as well, can uh, invest in growth opportunities, acquisitions, that sort of thing. So generally m cheap money means more money flowing around the economy, which is essentially what they're trying to do. They, they that's, I guess the word stimulus, which yes, is what right. they're, they're trying to get uh, get going. So they did it after the GFC. They're doing it again now in the uh, the aftermath of COVID. Very good. So I'm, I'm going to keep jumping back and forth and jumping all over this because we have a lot, mm. of lot to discuss at the moment. What I want to talk about is now that we're out of this reporting season throughout, mm. uh, throughout February, now we're out of that, 
What's going to be the next catalyst that could start moving things in a northerly direction? Any ideas, Caroline, on anything that might you foresee any sort of difficulties or anything that might make stocks volatile in north or south direction? It's the north or south. <laughs> north or south, so it goes up or goes down. <laughs> yeah, I got that. Um, I think there are still a few companies reporting, but I don't see, I don't anticipate them having such a great effect on equity markets, but um, political tensions maybe and maybe rising new COVID variant or rising clusters that might pop up over um, certain parts of the country that might sort of hamper consumer confidence as well as the um, subsequent rally in the equity market. Yeah, so I mean, I think one of the big things that I'm also always very, very mindful of is what's really kind of pushing the volatility within the market. In the previous years, there's always been political tensions between the US and China. It's, uh, you know, been elections or the, the riots over in the US. Then it was reporting season. What's next? What can we look forward to, as horrible as that sounds? <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? The, the greatest potential is obviously something to do with COVID. Car Caroline touched upon one aspect of it, which is new clusters. Mm -hmm. I actually think something that could be ahead of that um, is something that screws up with the vaccine. Okay. So it'd be like if there's a negative reaction to, because we, at the moment, we only have one inactive circulation in Australia. I believe the AstraZeneca one's going to start from Wednesday next week. But if something were to go awry, say a handful of people had a didn't, negative reaction to so, it then. Didn't someone say our shipments from Italy had been blocked? Yeah. Is that right? That, I didn't hear that, that, that one. That is right. Oh, I, oh yeah. Okay. I was, I well, was. Why that? In meetings. So I think um, they're running behind schedule just uh -huh. for Europe itself. They're just running at 30% capacity. So they're deciding to just, I think, take dedicate, them yeah, take them. them. So were, were we meant to get some from Europe? Is that? Yes. Oh, right. right. Okay. I think it was 250,000 doses. On a mm. boat. Is that right? Or on a boat or on a, uh, on a plane? Mm. I'm assuming a plane. I think it would take ages if you take uh, a boat. Yeah, on a boat. <laughs> yeah, it could, it could take a while. So we, we shouldn't be coming Yeah, by. but apparently we are not the first country to be experiencing this. I think we're the third country to be denied vaccines. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Well, luckily we're pro we're producing some of that ourselves, mm. we being CSL. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> <It worked>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in the back room, we've got a whole yeah. lot of people that are out there um, fixing up vaccinations. Gabe, uh, how are we situated with the, uh, with the vaccinations? Are we getting them rolled out? Uh, uh, yeah, my understanding is that it's pretty much business as usual, aside from this uh, announcement as it relates to the whole Italian uh, fiasco, you yeah. might say. But um, I, I don't think there's much uh, much news as it relates to the rollout in general. There's that framework which was released a little while ago pertaining to, you know, if you're uh, you know unwell or you work in healthcare or in other sort of emergency services, you get it first and then it's just a list down uh, depending on, I guess, your exposure or, uh, you know, level of severity sort of thing. Very good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. We're going to take a short break. If you do have any questions for our panel, please feel free to take a video and email it through to info at cosec.com.au. Everyone who does will receive a copy of our book, Stock Market Success, Retailing Endemics for $39.95, or our magazine, Selling in News Agencies Australia-wide for $19.95. We'll be back shortly with your currency and commodity overview. As kids, we were active. We were creative. We questioned all things. We celebrated everything. We took risks. 
we had no limits. We had dreams. Our imagination helped us solve problems and create new possibilities. Albert Einstein once said, imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. We are in an ever-changing world filled with fear and uncertainty. Don't let that change the inner child within. As Walt Disney said, imagination has no age and dreams are forever. Herzig is here to help build your dreams and create possibilities. Secure your success with Herzig Kadari Securities. Throughout time, humans have relied upon innovation to advance and evolve, using new and improved methods, having meaningful impact on society and industries. In order to advance, ideas were transformed into new products and services. The stock market has also evolved through innovation. Innovation has been key to COSEC's success. Using artificial intelligence and machine learning, COSEC has streamlined processes to bring better opportunities to clients. Opportunities that might have otherwise been missed. Join a company that innovates to bring clients the best opportunities and service. Invest with a solid strategy. Invest with confidence. Invest with COSEC. Kadari Securities. the highest returns in the stock market on a consistent basis? Obsessed with this idea, Michael Kadari forms COSEC, Kadari Securities. He seeks, in his own words, a revolutionary investment strategy based on better information and knowledge. Wealth begins with better knowledge, becomes his motto. He seeks to identify and accurately pick the next top performing stocks on the ASX. He seeks for consistency. Michael Kadari creates a unique stock market filtering system he names Lotus Blue, named after a flower that blooms just once. Because in investing, timing is everything. 
See how accurate Cosex stock picks are. Get a free seven-day access to Lotus Blue today. If you want the Cosec Investment Edge, you know what you have to do. Call Cosec now or visit cosec.com.au and take advantage of the insights he reserves for his clients. Do you follow currencies? Want to know how the Aussie dollar is travelling? Do you love commodities? Do you see gold prices rising? Do you see more demand for oil? Do you see the world economy growing? Get the latest in-depth analysis and discussion on commodities every week from real traders. Get real insights only on The Cosec Show. Welcome back. Let's talk about currencies and commodities, all things that shine, sparkle, fold and make the world go round. We're actually going to start off with a question that was emailed in during the break. And the question is, which commodities and indices are the best to invest in right now and why? Gentlemen and ladies, what do we think about the answer to that question? I think I'm more curious about the why as opposed to what what as opposed to what. I'm more interested in the in the in the why we think we should be investing in those. Mr. Cow, care to share your opinion? Yeah, copper. Copper? Why? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we, the reason I was so curt is because we uh, we actually touched upon this, I think it might've been last week or if yes, it wasn't, yes, it was yes. the week before, but mm -hmm. it's a, it's a risk on uh, commodity. Uh, I guess I could say oil, you know, I'm always a little bit wary of the, uh, the OPEC plus dynamic um, mm -hmm. as well. Certainly if you'd been in oil over the past 24 hours, you would have that would have been a nice well. one. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So OPEC plus dynamic works very well for anyone who was long oil over yes. the past week. Um, copper simply because it's risk on a bit of process elimination as well. Like you wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go anywhere near gold or silver at the moment. Yes. And you certainly would not select nickel right mm -hmm. now. Uh, I think it was a 15% drop in two days. And we should discuss that later. Supply <laughs> concerns. Um, yeah, almost a process of elimination. I'm sure there's a lot more metals. I just can't name them all, but yeah. of the major ones, copper would be the one simply because that risk on narrative is, uh, is expected to continue. I think in the general market and also amongst the investment committee. Very good. Uh, Mr. Ryan, which uh, commodity would you go into and why? Well, I suppose you'd, you'd toss up between, uh, you know, crude oil and copper as they're both, you know, risk on. I mean, copper's uh, also, you know, pretty brought up with trends. Same deal with crude oil. Again, I think with crude, you have that whole dynamic where, you know, you have these supply cuts that are being extended, which is actually, um, you know, prom uh, prompted up the uh, the price to continue moving in a positive direction. However, I think copper, uh, I agree with Lindsay, is probably a little bit more, um, I suppose you might be a little bit less risk averse than crude oil because of that dynamic. And uh, with all the industrial applications that copper has moving forward, I think you could probably do quite well. Okay. And what about yourself, uh, Caroline? Uh, which which uh, sectors mm. and some thinking copper as well? Yeah, same as last week. I think last week all three of us um, agree on copper. No one ever asked you your opinion, Will. Yeah, yeah. mine's, like stuff. mine's yeah. actually cobalt. Yes. Okay. Uh, cobalt, I think, could continue to uh, move in a positive direction. I like the name cobalt. <laughs> no, yeah, actually, it's pretty yeah, catchy. Yeah. Yeah, it is actually pretty catchy. Of course, that's one of the things that goes into lithium batteries. Mm. I don't think there's a company that just does exclusively cobalt, mm. but I do know that cobalt has moved into a positive direction quite largely because it is an essential ingredient in those. Uh, in those electric car batteries. So I do think cobalt something could do well, but most people you will find if they're mining cobalt, they'll be mining lithium as well as copper, as well as zinc and usually as well as mm. nickel as well. So that's all there. Anyway, I hope that answered that question there. Once again, the second bit of it. Yeah. Well, second the, bit. With the in indices. 
Okay, indices. Let's go. Which indices? Yeah, it, which indices? Um, no. So, I guess before answering that, let's just review. We we being Australia are still below our pre-pandemic highs. I think we're still mm-hmm. about yeah. Okay, like and quite a bit. Yeah. The UK is actually still probably about fourteen percent below its pre-pandemic really? high. Probably for good reason because they had that whole Brexit kerfuffle, but they are theoretically past that now. Uh, in contrast, the US is about fifteen percent above. above. I think yeah. Japan's north of twenty percent above. So. Wow. Potentially, you could say that there is still room for us to grow, and obviously we are in uh, the ASX, so could be a little bit of bias there. Yep. Um, but there is still potentially room to grow there, so I would be fine finding the right opportunities on the ASX. Very good. And what about yourself, Mr. Ryan? Yeah, 100% on board with all that. I think we still have a lot of room to grow moving forward, and uh, yeah, I just on board with pretty much everything that you said. I think probably one of the questions uh, is what are we going to avoid? Which indice would you look to avoid? And I think probably maybe the NASDAQ is one that's gone up phenomenally and uh, maybe moving away from that, maybe looking at getting more Dow Jones, more industrial sort of stocks in there. What are your thoughts, Caroline? Yeah, bang on. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and you still quite like the... um, ASX? Yeah, the ASX, obviously. Yeah, I think it's good because we're not not that exposed to tech. Okay. we, We tend to fare better that way. Okay, perfect. Well, I like the New Zealand the AS, the <laughs> NZ50 as, mm. as myself. But More uh, importantly, why? Yeah, it's very overheated right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pure pure bias on that front mm. there. Okay, so I hope that answered all the questions. Um, and Those are brilliant questions, so please, by all means, keep them coming because those are really, really good questions. If you are tuning in, then it's always great to hear your feedback. We get very bored of just talking to ourselves. We know that we know the answers to these. We, we work in the markets, but we're always interested whenever people come in with questions. Now, let's go over to gold and oil, and I'm going to jump over straight to Mr. Cal. Have a chat to us about something that's going down and something that's going up. Okay, I'll let you choose. Which one do you want first? Uh, let's talk about gold first, very briefly. Okay, sure. So that's broken through that key psychological well there's a lot of key psychological levels but it's below 1700 right now mm-hmm. i think the next key support level that we can see would be around 1670 so we're only about two percent away from that could easily break that overnight mm-hmm. given the way things have gone uh with the us dollar rising this week i think it was up about mm-hmm. 0.7 yes. uh, points it doesn't sound like a lot but that's a decent amount for for currency currency yeah. um gold just has been acting as the inverse of that so that's on a technical basis. I think it's a it's a clear downward trend. Um, so that's the brief summary of gold. Now, oil doing the exact opposite. So okay, yep. OPEC Plus uh, in the last twenty four hours, they have somewhat unexpectedly decided to extend those output cuts. And is so this is why peculiar. Do you think? Uh, it's not peculiar. I I don't think anyone was thinking it was a zero percent chance, but they certainly had not baked in a hundred percent chance of it happening. So now that it is a hundred percent, clearly they're there should be a positive movement in the price okay. of oil. And that's formed a 12-month high, and that's affected both WTI as well as Brent crude. Uh, so where are we now? We're about we're 64. And our oil stocks still no signs of life, still a long way down from the Very market. slight signs of life today. In a down market, they, they were all up, but they... Well, up like one or two. Yeah, so oil if Oil was up 4%, so... Yeah, if we look at it just more broadly, yeah, on, on a technical basis, n- most of them are not looking like uh, screaming buyers at the yeah, moment. but... If you if you think logical, we're on a twelve month high for oil. Mm. We would assume that oil stocks should be quite close to a twelve month high. All else being equal, maybe not on, but quite close to. And yet, a lot of these are still a very long way down. A lot of our oil players are still not showing the same same sort of movement. Why is that? I Gabe, would like to Gabe. Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, uh, 
companies here, they're not going to trade exactly like the, the commodities they deal with. Um, naturally, and that, that's, that's pretty obvious because you're going to be subject to company announcements, um, Margins, you know, drilling reports, yeah. things of that nature. You know? So while oil does move in a positive direction, not necessarily uh, the companies aren't always uh, going to do so. I do believe today they were up. Yep. Um, you know, like your Woodsides, your Santos, your Wasn't Origins. Wasn't much up today. Certainly not. It wasn't down there. Top-down investing approach that yeah. takes into account yeah, everything. everything. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, very good, very good. Mm. Okay, so let's. Uh, so, oil long term, do you think it's getting overheated now? How long are these cuts going to last for? I mean, you, you don't stand if you look at the chart. I don't know if we have that up on screen, but if if you look at the chart, you don't stand in the way of that until the market shows you some evidence that it's it's done. Uh, yeah. Is it overheated? Maybe. Yeah. But I mean, it has been much higher in the past as well. So in that sense. If someone wanted to argue that it's not overheated, I wouldn't argue with them. Very good, very good. And uh, let's go over to yourself, Gabe. In sure. terms of nickel, yeah, big sell-off, and I mean big sell-off. How much did that drop? I think in two days it was north of fifteen percent. And why? Uh, um, it's something that's just continued to go. And one of the big narratives was the electric car battery, uh, batteries, yep. and the the use for nickel. But we haven't suddenly stopped producing those. So why sure. has nickel crashed? I think there was a agreement between this, um, I think it's the world's largest uh, stainless steel producer, Singshan Group, mm -hmm. and some other Chinese conglomerate um, in regards to securing a supply of nickel. So clearly this has uh, alleviated concerns that there's going to be a supply glut, as Lindsay would put it. Uh, as such, supply demand, it's gone down. So in terms of some of the stocks that affect that nickel mines, obviously yes. a business that we've been big fans of, for a while, done very, very well out of. Mm. Uh, fortunately enough, we've moved people away from that before the crash because that dropped, what, 30%, 30 or 40%? Yeah, it topped out a little bit above 150. Yeah. It's, uh, touched, it's around 120 at the moment. Yeah, yeah, so it had a big pullback, now on a nice level of support. Mm. Had an announcement today, mm. went from being 10% down to being only 3% down or 4% down. What did that announcement entail? I'm pretty sure it was in regards to the actual, that Sing Shang announcement. Obviously, the two worked together and uh, the actual use for the nickel uh, which they produce and converting that into a uh, matte nickel or high quality nickel which can then be used for evs as well very good very good all right let's go over to something we've been keeping our eye on recently and that is iron ore and uh, caroline would you care to talk is it getting old yet guys is that is that is, uh, is can that pun continue to last or are we just I guess uh, the, it was old a while ago, but <laughs> it's, it's, it is very hard to come up with a new one, I granted. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay. So anyway, we're going to go over to uh, have a chat about iron ore. Um, so iron ore had up pretty well this week. So as Some would say pretty awesome. <laughs> there you go. This is your new one, isn't it? Yeah, well, well done. <laughs> Even our producers are laughing. Anyway. Uh, as of this morning, it was up 0.9%, inching its way towards $178. Um, regarding some global news for iron ore, Brazil is entering a two-week lockdown, and this will affect um, one of the primary iron ore regions. However, mining being the essential sector is unlikely to affect output. However, prices have um, responded positively. Um, on the other hand, China is handing down its budget today. Um, in terms of iron ore, the only reason that it will be affected is where China reduces its infrastructure spending or it intends to just reduce its reliance on foreign services and products. Very good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was commodities and currencies and the events that have shaped them. Now, are you a bull or a bear? Let us know. Our phone lines are now open. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to have a look at what the best and worst performers on the Australian market were this week. The world changed this year. 
So did the stock market. Is it time for a change in your portfolio? Invest with confidence. Invest with a solid strategy. Invest with Kosek, Kodari Securities. RBA has cut interest rates to a record low of 0.1%. Returns in saving accounts are now shockingly low. We have never seen these conditions before. The good news is that the stock market benefits from low interest rates and historically has outperformed property or any other asset class. COSEC uses a unique stock market filtering system called Lotus Blue, which helps generate solid profits for clients. During COVID in April 2020, COSEC recommended Kogan, which went up 340%. In June, COSEC recommended Saracen Minerals, which went up 23%. In October, COSEC recommended Nickel Mines, which went up 33%. If you want your money working overtime, you need to know what stocks to buy and when to sell. That's where COSEC can help. With no barriers to entry, it's just simple investing. Build wealth with a concrete investment strategy. Go to COSEC.com.au. Get a free seven-day access to Lotus Blue and receive our top eight stock picks today. humans have relied upon innovation to advance and evolve using new and improved methods having meaningful impact on society and industries in order to advance ideas were transformed into new products and services the stock market has also evolved through innovation Innovation has been key to COSEC's success. Using artificial intelligence and machine learning, COSEC has streamlined processes to bring better opportunities to clients. Opportunities that might have otherwise been missed. Join a company that innovates to bring clients the best opportunities and service. Invest with a solid strategy. Invest with confidence. Invest with COSEC. Kadari Securities. 
take a look at what the best and worst performers on the week were. We're going to go straight over to Caroline, have a look at our amazing chart that you do for <laughs> us every week, and let's have a chat about that. Yeah, if you jump straight into the chart, our top performing sectors, financials up 1%, 1.16%. So you sort of know how bad a week it was. <laughs> top performing sectors up 1%. So big four banks the led banks. away. <laughs> yep. mm. Big four banks led the way. So ANZ up 10%, NAB 7%. And um, I think it's just broad-based optimism that the recovery will continue on top of the positive GDP figures that Linson mentioned about earlier on. Um, the other top performing sector was real estate up 0.9%. So a heavyweight Stockland, SGP. So it's a REIT. Um, this is on the back of the fact that property values are rising up to 17% this year. So it's the fastest pace on the back of low interest rates, easy, easy money, easy to get credit, and the fact that people have more disposable income. And worst performing sector this week was healthcare, down half a percent. CSL was actually down 6% this week, but the majority of which was due to the fact that was, when X did yesterday, it was down 4%. But um, for CSL, the upside is that their vaccines, mm -hmm. CSL manufactured vaccines, will begin rolling out on the 22nd of March. Oh, very nice. So, very nice. Let's, uh, I mean, let's talk, let's talk very briefly about uh, the, the the property market now obviously we're involved in the stock market but obviously there are the REITs that we could go into the retail investment trusts so yeah real estate investment trusts real estate investment just rea group as, yeah, as well uh, yeah and uh so they could be doing quite well what are your favorite REITs what what do we think looks um, good is there any ones that you've got that are particularly attractive at the moment yeah there are but they're not the actual ones that we're looking at within the firm Okay, okay. All right, perfect. Because, well, I mean, obviously within the firm, we're looking at INA yeah. group quite closely. On a technical basis, that looks particularly mm. good. Of of the REITs, if you're going to go into a REIT, that is one that looks relatively good. Yeah. Higher lows, higher highs, sort of thing. And I, I know Goodman Group has got the, the alliance with Amazon with one of their warehouses. Is mm. that right? Yeah, that sounds about right. I think their technical chart's a little bit... Yeah, less not, not appealing. And of course, yeah. Lendlease uh, does the development. I think they did the development of Barangaroo, but they're not looking very good at mm. all since they're also their CEO retired. Yeah, CEO mm. retired. Mm. Yeah. Less than mm. less than I. But I think on top of just regarding the property sector thing, it's not just property sectors. Property companies that do well, mm -hmm. like building products company, actually mm. do very well. Like Boral, Brickworks, mm. they're actually heavily involved in um, the property sector, so they stand to do well. As well. Very good. Uh, Gabe, talk to us a little bit about CSL. Looking at that chart today, obviously, we something we've been analysing. Very closely. This is a stock that is now the same price as what it was during the March crash that we had last year. Yeah, that's right. So the market dropped 38% and it did that in three weeks. CSL obviously had a terrific pullback. It is now almost a year later. And the price of CSL is the same price as what it was during the, the height of that crash, the lowest point that it got. 
do we think that that is an irrational seller? Is now we're picking up a for high quality business on great value? Yeah, look, I mean, potentially, I mean, you can frame it pretty much in any way that would fit as well. I mean, you know, the March low is probably going to be a level of support if you look at it on a technical chart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, moving forward, the company is going to be potentially buoyed by these vaccine rollouts here. Um, I guess the only concern was a few months ago related to that UQ, uh, University mm-hmm. of Queensland debacle where they pulled the vaccine out because it was giving false positive HIV. However, moving forward, I think uh, with the plasma collections potentially ramping up uh, in the US as they come in and out of the winter seasons, um, obviously we know what's happening there. It's really, really cold winter, uh, especially in Texas. I mean, we won't really go into that. But uh, moving forward, those plasma collections come in could uh, facilitate some further moves for the company in a very positive direction. Because I, I often talk to people about CSL as well, and people are like, yeah, I'd love to have picked that up when it was you know, 30 or $40 sure. or, or whatever it was. And I always think, if I, if I had, could have time again and someone told me, right, that the crash was going to end on this date and everything was going to start rebounding up and this is the lowest the market was going to get, this is the absolute low for the month of, for the whole year of 2020, what would I go into? What would be the safest bet? And I'd probably think, right, well, I could go into something like Commonwealth Bank. We'd love to be able to pick up a Cochlear at a discount. But I mean, mm. first and forefront of my mind would be pick up CSL at a big, big discount that low now it's back there is this sort of almost uh dare i say it, almost a once in a sorry just twice in a lifetime opportunity uh to, to maybe pick up something that was was beaten down this low before rebounded is it a good time to maybe be looking at something like this uh, it's probably a good time to be looking at something like this for sure if it's the bottom i mean who knows um it'll probably use that as a level of support but i mean you know this this could really go anywhere but i would assume based on the uh, broader macro factors this will probably continue to move in a positive direction very good, very good. Uh, uh, Mr. Cow, hmm. talk to us about what other sectors or what other stocks you think have probably just been irrationally sold down. Because what we see quite often is when the market has a bit of a pullback, drops maybe 3 or 4%, hmm. it's not the only individual stocks can drop anywhere up to 20 30%, sure. getting what we would call to be a little bit irrationally sold down. Obviously, fundamentally, nothing's changed about the business. What are some examples of some stocks that you think might have just been a bit irrationally sold so down? So something that's been sold down, obviously, you're looking in the tech space. It's the, the very obvious thing to think of when you think of something that's copped a massive sell down. Yeah. Now, whether it's irrational or not, that's up to debate. But let's just use an example, something like Appen. Right? Yes. Nothing wrong with the business, but... Uh, with, it's not irrelevant to consider that bond yields are rising. That's going to disproportionately affect tech, as we touched upon earlier this uh, earlier in this discussion. But uh, something like Appen, at the t- there w- there will be a time where that is looking quite attractive. And is it now? Maybe. I mean, if we have a look in uh, go with daily chart, but try to expand that out. Now I'm I'm aware that we probably don't have this up on the screen, but it is approaching an area of support that it reached almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. as well if it holds that support starts turning around or if you want to be brave and try to pick it up right now yes, on that right. area of support potentially there could be quite significant upside for something like this now obviously i would understand if we perhaps want something a little bit safer but you know risk and reward tend to go hand in hand so but the, the tech space is one where if you did want to identify our performers there could be what is it now? Sixteen bucks? Is it now? Yes. Yeah, yeah fifteen eighty. And if, so, a stock that was nearly forty—is that right? Not so long yeah, ago. Yeah, it was. So, so we're looking at a bit. And correct me if I'm wrong, but we've got what a ninety-three percent upside from one of the. I think they might have. Uh, whoever nice. did, yeah, whoever was doing the model, yeah, check, checked it and uh, made and an adjustment. Yeah, maybe to not. It. Maybe not. Yeah, and there is still upside to it. Certainly. Uh, maybe someone can can tell me what that is, but it is. Yeah, 
most of the the brokers do have upside to that valuation. On the other hand, it is quite heavily beaten down. But I guess that was your question, and, was there? Yeah. yeah, and I also think gold could be a sector which has mm-hmm. just been because I th- I think the thing the reason what I say I say things like irrationally sold off, and you could argue the question well to rationally sold off, but was it rational that it went up a hundred percent in one year? Was it rational yeah, that the I, business was trading at forty dollars? Mm-hmm. Was that irrational to go up that much? Therefore, kind of calling into question the fact that it was it an irrational sell off. But yeah. the thing that I always say is has the business changed has the fundamentals of the business changed that much and certainly they haven't changed by 50 or 60 percent i mean would that be a, a way to look at it uh, are we talking about gold or are we still talking about tech uh, both both i suppose i mean you, you could say that on the one hand the business hasn't changed but on the other hand if the price of the thing that you're selling has fallen then i think your business has changed yeah so if the gold price is falling then yeah, yeah I think that, that should and I think one of the yeah. interesting things would be to have a look at what Northern Star was trading at at the last, like Northern Star, for instance, a gold mm. player or any of the gold players. Take a look and backdate it. Find out the last time that it was trading at this level and what the price of gold was. I definitely feel like that's one of the questions we could ask our analyst team. <laughs> I mean, maybe Northern Star's not the best example simply because they could just merge. did a massive merger. Yeah. Yes, so maybe so. something, maybe, I don't know, Newcrest, probably Newcrest would be, would be. Actually, yeah, it's a very obvious one to look at. Because yeah. we know Newcrest does copper as well, but copper has gone up, mm. gold has gone down, so they might offset each other. That'd be a very interesting dis- thing to look mm. at. It'd be actually look at, right, what the price of it is now, what the price of gold was the last time it was trading at that, which should have been, three years ago or something along those lines yeah so that's one of those all else equals scenarios and so nick newcrest would actually be a good example simply because they are so well established i feel i'm hoping that somewhere off screen one of our supervisors is uh emailing out some analysts to get this done for me (laughs) (laughs) i i fear that maybe not anyway let's let's move on so you think that uh that's sort of an area where do you see an area that's doing well gabe is there any sort of sectors that you think are doing well right now Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, materials have been moving in a pretty positive direction up until of late, up yeah. until very recently. So that was doing very well. I don't think iron f- ore. Obviously. Iron ore. I think iron ore, copper. The fundamentals of that haven't really changed at this stage. And financials. Yeah. Naturally, anything on the supply side. Um, again, I think energy probably something interesting to keep watching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we still have this uh, interesting dynamic with oil and uh, general energy here, of course. So that could be liquid natural gas as well. Asian demand is anticipated to increase. It was a really interesting article as well, not too long ago. Um, it's actually discussing the potential for Australia to become one of the world's biggest LNG producers. Yeah, that's right. And flog a lot of that off to Asia where the demand is anticipated to grow mm-hmm. moving forward. So maybe something to watch a little bit longer term. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was the best and the worst of the ASX this week. Now, do you have a stock that you've been watching for a while? Is it time to buy, sell, or maybe even average in? Why not send us a message and we can ask our panel. In the meantime, let's take a short break and we'll be back with the final section of the show.
How do you get the highest returns in the stock market on a consistent basis? Obsessed with this idea, Michael Kadari forms COSEC, Kadari Securities. He seeks, in his own words, a revolutionary investment strategy based on better information and knowledge. Wealth begins with better knowledge, becomes his motto. He seeks to identify and accurately pick the next top performing stocks on the ASX. He seeks for consistency. Michael Kadari creates a unique stock market filtering system he names Lotus Blue, named after a flower that blooms just once. Because in investing, timing is everything. See how accurate Cosex stock picks are. Get a free seven-day access to Lotus Blue today. If you want the Cosec Investment Edge, you know what you have to do. Call Cosec now or visit cosec.com.au and take advantage of the insights he reserves for his clients. Trust is key to any relationship. Fortunately, it's nothing that can be bought. It's earned. As an investor working with an organisation, they need to demonstrate integrity. They must show consistency, full transparency, accountability. They must be genuine in their approach. Their core values must align with yours. They need to put your interest first. If you are considering investing, work with an organisation that earns and nurtures trust. Work with an organisation you believe in. Work with an organisation that treats you the same way they like to be treated. Join an organisation that views clients as people, not people as clients. If you are considering investing, consider Kosek Kadari Securities. Kids, we were active. We were creative. We questioned all things. We celebrated everything. We took risks. We had no limits. We had dreams. Our imagination helped us solve problems and create new possibilities. Albert Einstein once said, Imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. We are in an ever-changing world filled with fear and uncertainty. Don't let that change the inner child within. As Walt Disney said, 
imagination has no age and dreams are forever. Herzig is here to help build your dreams and create possibilities. Secure your success with Herzig Kadari Securities. The moment we've all been waiting for, the final section of the Cosex Show. So this is what investors are really looking for. Now we know what oil, gold and the dollar has done. We know what the top performers for the week were. Now let's have a look at what our panel is looking at for the week to come. And we're going to start off with the ever-wonderful Caroline Wong. What are you looking at and why do you like it right now? I am looking at a top ASX 100 company called Downer EDI Limited. Downer? Ticker code DOW. So it's an integrated services provider operating across a wide variety of divisions, includes transport, communications, renewables, and power. Mm -hmm. So uh, macroeconomically speaking, the Infrastructure Australia, which is an independent advisor, mm -hmm. has just released an annual priority list. So this list actually advises the government as to which project they should be emphasizing on. And for the first time, renewables energy appeared on that list. As such, I feel that Downer might benefit from this because it's the most experienced provider in this market. Mm -hmm. It has um, overseas projects and services um, across wind, solar and power system. Very good, mm. very good. Um, in terms of financials, very stable financials, sales, operating margin, earnings increasing for the past three years. Mm -hmm. As such, as Linson would put it, it has a lot of institutional love. <laughs> so, <laughs> five Brokers has given it buy and outperform ratings. Very good. Yeah. Um, average upside of 16%, so that's very, very high. And if we look at the charts, um, technically speaking, it's rebounding from its February lows. It's certainly not going down anymore, is it? Stochastic heavily oversold but has crossed positively. MACD looking to converge all these <clears> points <throat> towards the fact that they might move in a positive direction potentially. So we might turn it from a downer into uh, an upper. upper. Is that right? Upper EDI. Yeah, well the done. upper EDI. You like that one? Okay, we'll move along. Mr. Ryan, what are you looking at this week and why do you like it right now? Uh, so I'm looking at um, Macquarie Group and that's. Uh, MQG for all those out there that want to look it up. Now, um, we all know Macquarie, one of the largest investment banks uh, based here in Australia, but also all over the world. And uh, I like this. Um, let me first approach uh, the fundamentals, you know, top 20 on the index financials, not doing too poorly, at least in these very interesting conditions we find ourselves in. Can, can you pick another one that's easier <clears throat> for me to come up for a pun for? <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's probably the hardest one. I'm sorry, I can't do that one now. But, um, you know, I, I, if we have a look at the chart actually as well, uh, I look at it on a weekly basis. It's been on a pretty robust upward trend for quite some time. And uh, very recently, the company's report was uh, quite positive. They upped their guidance. So initially, there was, um, they're anticipating a slight, uh, I think it was a slight loss mm -hmm. on their profit. However, they actually upped it to be around uh, 5 to 10% compared to the prior guidance. So slightly down off that. Moving forward, uh, you know, potentially take advantage of some opportunities as we come out of this COVID environment. You know, brokers are pretty positive on this as well. Uh, you know, Morgan Stanley, Ormond Morgan's overweight accumulate ad ratings on the company. It's do, do they rate themselves? <laughs> no. No, they don't rate themselves. I don't think that could be a slight conflict of interest. Probably, <laughs> probably, probably not allowed to do that. Um, I think I, I know what it'd be though. <laughs> 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 Bye. <laughs> 
$9,000. So, you know, you have all these factors going for you. You know, they've upped their guidance. Um, you know, it's in an upward trend. Brokers like it financially pretty stable. It obviously is top 20 on the index as well. So something which I think could do well uh, moving forward. It's amazing in the global financial crisis. Was that did that get down to thirty dollars? Uh, I believe. Oh, uh, I haven't looked at the, at the chart that far back. I can imagine you it probably get, them, get sold you? off. I did, yeah. yeah I picked up some shares at uh, I think twenty seven was the lowest. Was that? Was that it was actually before the GFC. Yeah, it was before twenty seven before the GFC. Yeah, so I would be wonder what it got to uh, post. I mean, it's yeah. I actually can't remember so long ago, but um, yeah. I mean, it was so long ago that were MBL when yeah. I was working there, not MQG. So that was still Macquarie Bank Limited at the time. Okay, so and what? No, nothing's changed by that part from the fact that they're more institutional now and they do uh i mean the the products lines and where they're getting their their main profits are so uh, obviously it's tied directly to the fact that i left but um yeah most of the uh most of the profits came from the investment banking group back yeah. in the day um with their infrastructure funds and it has moved more into the uh i believe more asset management um is, is the yeah. one that's pulling a lot of the weight obviously investment banking still doing fine um, but the the mix in the investment banking has changed a little Surprising bit. Surprising that y you didn't come up with a hot opportunity. Probably with Gabe. Conflict of interest. Conflict of interest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very very good. All right. Well, let's. Uh, very very good, Gabe. Let's go over to uh, Mr. Cow's hot opportunity. Yep. So I can't remember if anyone's mentioned this before. It would have been a while back. It's ARB Corp ticker ARB. We nice. We have mentioned it before. Yeah. yeah so I think it's done very well since we mentioned it. So. Exactly. So it's four wheel drive accessories. Uh, I think you always mentioned that. People see the stickers. I used to drive yes. past one all the time when I lived in my previous place, but I just never paid attention because I don't drive four-wheel drive. Um, but macroeconomically, it ties in nicely. It's in consumer discretionary. So there is that potential recovery as we come out of COVID. GDP figures, I did say I'd mentioned something about this. So uh, in the statement that came out with the positive GDP figures, they did mention the, uh, the low interest rate environment, but also just the cashed up households okay. as well. So that, play, that plays in nicely. Uh, again, they didn't, the sector as a whole didn't do great today. And again, very few things are going to look great on a technical basis as of right now. So this is something to, to watch, but, um, they, they announced their results a couple of weeks ago. They were at the top end of their guidance they had a record order book. Now city this today, now this is, I mentioned this in the investment meeting this morning. Um, but, uh, this was before the broker reports okay, yes. came out. City reiterated their buy. They raised their price target, 37% upside. JP Morgan upgraded them to accumulate today, raised their target again to 11% upside. So there's, there is a range there, but even the guys who have them as neutral, Credit Suisse and Macquarie, it's a roughly 10% upside. So based on that, some potential for growth there. If we just bring up the chart as well, what we can see it's oversold on the stochastic oscillator. That very broad uptrend from about March last year is still holding. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether that continues to hold. And also it is creating those higher lows and higher highs that I like to mention and I like to see as well. So I think that's something that could potentially um, have a little bit more upside. We're picking up on a low and an uptrend as well. Again, a lot of things don't look great based on today, but let's see uh, what happens from Monday going forward. Very good. So ARB from Linson Cow, Macquarie Group from Gabriel Ryan and Upper from, sorry, Downer from Caroline Wong. Ladies and gentlemen, Thank you very much for tuning in this week. On behalf of everyone here at the show, I want to wish our clients, friends and colleagues a safe and happy weekend, and we look forward to seeing you next week. My name is Will Brownlee, and this has been The Cosex Show.